0: All right, how you doing, everybody? Casey Ryan here again for another episode of the Cutting Room Floor, a little podcast that I started to showcase the entertainers and creative types from all walks. Uh, I like to say, if you've got a story to tell or a project to sell, then I want to hear from you. The uh, easiest way to get a hold of me is on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at Cutting Room MRB, uh, or you can hit me up on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Cutting Room MRB. Uh, we're doing it a little bit old school today just because of. Uh, some technical restraints that we had uh, with people dialing in with Skype and, and whatnot. So uh, they changed the interface on me on TalkShoe. Brand new. It's really cool. I haven't had too much practice with it, so hopefully everything's going to go well. So uh, I'm also going to be on uh, on the mixed radio network at uh, three o'clock, and we're going to be talking to Ryan Hendrick about his film too. So uh, all I have to say: the reason that you're listening to this now or now downloading it later is uh, to listen to the ch- two chats that I've got lined up for you on Talk Show to today. And uh, the first one I was actually kind of really happy to be able to uh, book. Um, I just want to make sure, yeah, okay, I think we've got everything going here. So I uh, first guest that I have lined up for you today is uh, Marcello Orlando. And uh, Marcello is one of these fun people I've had on a few times over the years. Uh, he's a member of what I affectionately refer to as my repeat offenders club. Uh, these are people that have been gracious enough to donate their time to me more than once. Uh, Marcello, just to give you some information on him, is a prolific uh, actor and director uh, who has worked everywhere from D.C. to New York City to West Palm Beach. Uh, he uh, has worked on some very high-profile projects, uh, not the least of which was Lincoln, which, where he was personally cast by uh, the great Steven Spielberg uh, as one of the uh, members of the House of Representatives. Uh, He's also in our, uh, a TV movie called Our Thing, uh, and has also been a prolific uh, actor in soap operas, uh, not the least of which was a uh, uh, a permanent fixture in the, in the household growing up in the form of another world. Uh, he's also a fellow podcaster, a fellow radio host, and has had a long-running uh, political uh, ink, uh, radio show based out of where he is in, in Charlotte called The Reasonable Voice, which you can listen to on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, and in one of those perfect storm type things with uh, the midterm elections and everything else that's going on, this, it only made sense to have Marcello back. I mean, you knew that I was going to do this, right? Uh,
1: mm-hmm. So
0: without further ado, the County room floor proudly welcomes back uh, our old friend Marcello Orlando. Uh, Marcello, how are you?
1: I'm just great, Casey, and thank you so much for that introduction and a chance to come back and talk to you on radio. I beg your pardon? As said, and thank you for the chance to come back and chat with you on radio.
0: Okay, I, I can barely hear you there for some reason. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I think I've, uh, yeah, I think I've got you. But uh... okay. Okay, that's um,
1: all right. All okay. right. So with are we so, good? Uh,
0: how have you been? I mean, it's been a long time. It's been a long time since I've spoken to you. How have you been?
1: Oh, I've been great. It's, you know, life keeps, uh, every time I even consider uh, taking a break, let alone retiring, uh, <laughs> it comes roaring back with more exciting things to do. Uh, partly, I guess, because I, I keep uh, both feet in politics and in show business, uh, as you alluded to, and um, I love both, and there's always something happening in both. How's that?
0: And I meant to ask you this, so you've been on here, I think this is your third time, right? Or, or is it four? I can't remember.
1: I think it's the third time, but who's counting?
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. I, I, I mean, I've been doing this for 10 years, i, I started to start
1: myself
0: after a while, but
1: uh, I, I meant
0: to ask you, uh, have, I mean, given, you know, how ardently that you feel about, Uh, politics, and and, uh, in light of the fact that it's a perfect circus, I I mean, call it for what it is, and us Canadians have had a hell of a time watching it up here, but uh, have you ever thought about throwing your hat in the ring and running for Congress yourself uh, at some point?
1: It's been suggested a number of times from people whose political opinions, including my political mentor, uh, I certainly respect, but I think it's my director mentality. I, when I direct a show, um, I like once it opens to stand in the back of the theater and watch the audience and the actors as they uh, uh, play off one another. I'm not interested in the, the spotlight myself. When it comes to, on camera, I admit I love uh, being in films and directing video. And you know, our thing I directed as well as uh, appeared in. I do love that and that and so people can get me in front of the camera especially if it's Steven Spielberg what can I say but but I think uh, when it comes to politics I like being um, the support I like being the consultant I like being uh, uh, hey Marcello I need a phrase for this speech I'm giving in you know next week and wherever and I I get to know the people who ask for my input uh, in speech writing by by following their careers and their speeches and having conversations uh, on the telephone with them enough until I get their rhythm, their, their patterns, what's important to them, obviously. And I love that unseen, uh, directorial, uh, again, to make the analogy to theater. Um, I, I prefer that when it comes to politics. Now, now this
0: is the first time that I've had you on since Donald Trump was elected right? Uh, again, I, I think everybody can agree that regardless of what side of the political divide that you fall on, I mean, this has been a complete and total game changer in terms of the way that the world looks at the United States and and yeah. to a certain extent how, how, how world policy is negotiated. I I guess, you know, just when you think that things have gotten as crazy as they possibly could, something else happens yeah. and,
1: you know, the, headla- the headlines
0: go off in a whole new direction. I, I guess what are
1: your thoughts on it and, and how do you keep up? quite frankly right well i um uh, uh, well let me give you a little backstory. i started the reasonable voices because of the re-election of bush cheney the uh, my european friends believed me when i said it was a fluke in 2000 but once they were re-elected i got lots of flack from again mostly my european uh friends who are saying how can you excuse this? And so that launched my uh, political writing and radio career. And now, when Bush Cheney look like turtle doves compared to what we are enduring, I think the my reaction is that uh, you know you put Nixon and Cheney and wrap them up and put them on steroids, and we get Trump. I I, I think right. what I don't like is um, is the media of which I am a part as you are chasing just the superficial headlines. Uh, I mean, I get it. You need ratings and all that. We all work for that, but, um, you want to give your audience what they need and, uh, and we need a lot more in in in-depth consideration and, uh, contemplation. Okay. So uh, I guess if I, I hope I'm answering your question, if not already, then with this, I think, We need to stop making fun of Trump, stop laughing at Trump, stop excusing Trump, uh, and, and stop smirking at Trump, and realize Trump is deadly serious and the most dangerous combination of someone who not only doesn't know how America, let alone the government, works, but doesn't care. And at the moment, I believe, in addition to not knowing and not caring, he is scared to death think of any animal you've ever cornered, even even your house cat if he's angry, um, what happens then? So we need to get serious because he's serious.
0: Yeah, I wanted to ask you, you, you touched on this, I was gonna bring this up a little bit later, but since you've you called it out for what it is now, I, uh, how, much of, how much truth do you think that there is to the whole concept? Of fake news, right? I mean, it, it seems that, that any time he gets a headline that he doesn't like, he just sort of says, "Well, you know what? I'm going to throw CNN under the bus, and you know nobody's going to believe him anyway because you know he basically markets himself as the single source of truth." I, I guess mm-hmm. even if you're president, even if you're president, I mean, are you really in a position to be able to to lay claim to that legitimately?
1: Right? Well. Not legitimately, and and I the first point I want to make to all my Canadian friends and everyone else listening is that um, uh, Donald Trump can can say anything he wishes, but he only, as our recent midterms prove, I believe he only uh, is is followed uh, rapidly by a small number of American citizens. Now, it's it's a, a large number, but it's not as large as the majority. Let's say this, um, right. This doesn't mean that it's okay or that, you know, we've won the war because the battle between good and evil goes on forever. But, uh, but it does say that, um, he can say, he can call, uh, there's a thing in, in psychology called projection and Trump is the master of projecting his own sins, his foibles, is I mean, you know, when you hear him and he's complaining about what certain what Democrats are doing, what women are doing, what, you know, people of color are doing, whatever he's blaming. And if you listen closely, he's really, really? describing himself and things that he does on a daily basis, on an hourly basis. So if anything is, is.
0: You know, the other uh, thing I want to say, ask. Okay. I, Please finish your thought, but I had something that, that was tangentially related to that, but...
1: Um... What is
0: it? Uh, okay, well, yeah, just in terms of, uh, you know, the ugliness, not, not necessarily just at the presidential level, but uh, the whole notion of demonization of, of one party versus the other, and you see this, and I... You know, I remember the days when I could say the words on both sides without having any kind of negative connotation to it, but... Yeah, uh, you see, You know, a a simple phrase like that, you know, you can't say that anymore without it sounding, you know, offensive. But uh, just the notion of pitting one party versus the other in in terms of demonizing them, right? And you you do see this coming from both parties, right? Uh, Yes. I guess how healthy is this and how
1: sustainable is this? It's neither healthy nor sustainable. Uh, something's got to give. I, I I read an article shortly, right after, I guess, the next day after our midterms, when a someone wrote, uh, progressives are in danger, rise up, you know, because they've only, uh, we've just elected a bunch of establishment Democrats. That to me is as depressing and uh, as uh, anything from Donald Trump's mouth, every we need to mend on both sides. I'll say it, and we need to, uh, be, in order to mend in, in in its in our entirety, America, like any place else, cannot sustain being a house divided against itself. And I I believe and I hope that this midterm election is a step. Toward mending, uh, especially when you see who we've elected, you know it's it's every conceivable. That's what I love about America. When Americans get upset, even and Donald Trump can't even conceive of this, but he will in time. When and so will Mitch McConnell. But when Americans get upset at the volume at which they are, both in marches and in votes and and other activity, protests, whatever petitions. They change what's going on. I know a lot of people think, all oh, the, the common man can't do anything. One vote doesn't count. But that isn't true. Uh, when, when you really get Americans upset, now sometimes it takes a while to get them that upset. But once they get upset, they start to stand in line. They start to line up. They start to picket. They, they change things. They back down Bank of America and many uh, major institutions that try to dehumanize them. And Donald Trump ultimately will be no different. He will be uh, uh, ejected, rejected from office one way or another uh, and I don't think he'll make it to twenty twenty but he might Nixon was reelected in a landslide after Watergate was being investigated. so you don't know, but I do think uh, Americans have learned from um from nixon from their past with nixon and bush cheney and wars that go on forever and uh, children being locked up uh, in internment camps in 2018 in this country anyway I, I do think americans are on the march in every way to change this and i think we will even see mitch mcconnell bow, bow out before 2020.
0: now I, I, you touched on something very interesting there and uh I don't pretend to know as much as the average American would, although I'll admit that one of my hobbies is actually reading biographies and autobiographies of of past presidents. I think that anybody who gets elected to that office has got to be a really hell of an interesting human being, right? Yeah. Yeah. Regardless of what side of the political divide that you fall on, it's the most exclusive club on the planet, really, when you think Mm -hmm. about it. Um, I I guess from your point of view, um, in light of the fact that they retained the majority in the Senate but lost the House, I, I how much has the needle moved, do you think, ultimately?
1: Well, I think because, as I said, because of who was elected. First of all, you've got more than a hundred women uh, in Congress. So finally, almost, we are uh, enjoying or will be enjoying gender parity. Politically, Uh, uh, in in both the uh, state and local governments, state offices, state legislatures. I mean, if you look at it just from a narrow lens, and I I admit that, but if you just look at it from the standpoint that most of America's problems um, in in terms of politics and government and lack of governing uh, and inequity and gerrymandering and red mapping, all of that, come from older white men like me but uh, but but so i think a short-term adjustment we have just made and that is okay if that's the issue it's like baking a cake if you keep doing the same ingredients and you expect something different that's kind of foolish but we have done something different we have elected women we have elected women of color we have elected uh, 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 oh, uh, uh, what, LGBTQ uh, candidates. We have elected, um, uh, uh, well, oh, Native Americans, my God. I thought that would never happen. I've been beating my head against the wall, writing for years about this. And and I think in on a state and local office, not only did we elect these people who are by their physical appearance as well as their politics, uh, uh, embracing everyone and the needs and and uh, uh, justice for all for everyone, but we have also removed in certain key states. And even though I know there's recounting uh, going on, of course, in Georgia, and Florida, whether they like it or not. But in Kansas, places like Kansas and North Dakota uh, and and Arizona, to a certain extent, Nevada. There are states in America where people who owe their success to dirty money have been removed, and no one ever thought they'd be challenged successfully, Uh, and yet now they're out of office, and I think that's good for all Americans. This is not about blue versus red as much as we make it out to be. It's not about Democrats versus Republicans. It's about... Americans coming to some consensus that we need to stick together for everybody. And when everybody's thinking about the welfare of everybody, that's called unity. Did I lose you, Casey? Okay, I can't hear you. I don't know if you can hear me.
0: Okay, I got. Ki- right, uh, I he got kicked off of my own episode. There's so much hell <laughs> <to wear, so. laughs> I still there. So.
1: Well, I hope you heard me, or got well, uh, hey, what I. Think.
0: Well, no, I'll go back and, and listen to it again. But uh, you know, I, I know that whatever is that you did say was, was, you know, full of insight. Uh, and maybe if you could just, in a nutshell, the, you know, rephrase what you just uh, mentioned there while I was trying to get back
1: in. Uh, well i'm just saying that if, if what i think the the victories in the midterm election are a sign that we are uh, we have decided a, a majority of americans have decided that it is time to make a major course correction and and i don't mean just because of trump because trump didn't come out of nowhere trump came out of a lot of things that I won't go into now, but one needs to just know a little about American history, especially since the end of World War II, as we celebrate today. I am a veteran, I celebrate uh, the end of World War I and all veterans, uh, but what we, if one knows American history since 1945, there was a, um, there was a sea change then when um, what we now call corporatism uh, decided, hey, we're never going to let somebody like Franklin Delano Roosevelt in the White House again. Uh, here he was, you know, super wealthy guy, and yet he fought for the little people and saved America and the world, et cetera, et cetera. But, but um, I think what we have, we've done now is another major sea change just as impressive, but in the correct direction. A a sea change that recognizes every hue, every skin color, every uh, belief or disbelief, every person's right to express themselves, to, to pursue their potential, to contribute from their cultural background to the good of all. I am very encouraged by that. And now, of course, it is for us who did the voting to make certain that everyone delivers on their promise. We don't go home. Uh, we we stay and stay the course with those we've elected and make certain they indeed do what they said they would do. Now,
0: uh, I'll ask you another question that, uh, you can see pretty difficult to answer this if you want to, but, uh, Just in light of the fact that there's almost weekly uh, uh, or if not bi-weekly or monthly, uh, uh, a tragedy that happens in the form of some kind of shooting, right, do you think that this White House is giving an empathic enough response or uh, do you think that more needs to be done, Uh, I guess, you know, I'm thinking of particularly Pittsburgh where, you know, the first gut reaction of the guy was that, you know, if there had been an armed guard in the synagogue that it probably wouldn't have been as bad as it was.
1: I, I guess,
0: is that kind of rhetoric I think, called for, or is that kind of
1: I, I think if anything is fake news, it's uh, the only thing that can stop a bad man with a gun is a good man with a gun. That is such a fallacy. Uh, it, is, it is a ridiculous thing. I grew up with a family that was uh, very much involved with guns and hunting and the military. I I shoot extremely well, Uh, I won medals when I was in the army because I was a, a, whatever they called it, a sharpshooter or something, I don't remember. But but the point is, we need to be able, we're not a a nation that generally likes the middle of the road. We are, America, um, a pendulum swinging back and forth and I wish we could come up with the wisdom to see that that will never, get any uh, settled response to something but i but speaking of trump specifically um i don't think he really you know people say he's not comfortable with being empathetic well please he, he doesn't care enough to be empathetic and he is serving uh i think the only transparency in the guy is that he is what we see him to be there's secrets going on in the background right. i believe with you know, but but he is um, he doesn't get that uh, acres and acres of California burning and people being burned to death in their cars trying to escape and houses disappearing right on the internet. Uh, he doesn't he doesn't get that. He only sees in terms of what's the deal, where's the money, what is the financial loss, is it being managed well. Um, well, you know, somebody needs to manage Trump a lot better than they're doing. But um, this thing with these mass murders—we've become, we've always been thought of as the wild, wild west country. I know, but this is ludicrous. And and the, one of the worst things about it is the only time we talk about mental health is when we blame gun violence on the mentally ill. Uh, it, It is not just a mental health issue, but of course it is a mental health issue. But it is also, anyone or many, many people can reach a point of anger and frustration and fear that they do something they wouldn't ordinarily do most of the time in their life. When you add an easily accessible firearm to that equation, they suddenly have an immediate release possibility and they are using it. So while I don't think everyone's guns should be taken away or that every gun is the problem, I do think the accessibility to uh, not just the mentally ill but anyone just having so many guns, um, it, it just it becomes the the way to People. some people are dealing with their problems. And that is where we need to to stop it. We've got to stop making it easily possible for someone to express their anger and frustration and fears with a gun.
0: That is probably the most astute and well articulated uh, way I've heard anybody is, uh, putting it much on and I apologize for that. Uh, you know, certainly we have our own thoughts about it up here, and, and uh, you know, we have gun violence, but it's, you know, few and far between, right? Uh, mm. But we do have it. I mean, I remember when I was in high school, uh, long before Columbine was uh, an incident, we had one in Montreal where uh, it was a horrifying. Mm. Uh, they actually made a, uh, a movie about it, that we won multiple, it was called Polytechnique. But, but
1: uh, I remember
0: thinking that, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm as horrifying as that was, that, that you're right. that There has to be some other control on there to, that, uh, to address the bigger issues. Um, is there anybody out there in the political landscape that you find particularly inspiring uh, that, that is doing a good job, or that, that, that could take on the bully, so to speak? Well, uh, one
1: obvious or, race is Or different.
0: are you waiting for somebody?
1: No, I, I think that I think the people are there. We just need to recognize them and help them clone themselves, and uh, help us educate ourselves about our own civics. But certainly Beto uh, O'Rourke stands out, and uh, and I think all the women. Uh, The women who are going to Congress, I just am so thrilled. Every time I hear them, every time I see them on the internet, every time they're on television, it's I look at them and I listen to them and I go that's the reality is that is America and it's always been America it's just that it's been oppressed it's been kept in the kitchen or you know uh, kept on the reservation or kept somewhere out of sight kept in the cotton fields well wake up America because the real America is now on the rise demanding uh, uh, equality and justice in a way that they have never been permitted before. You no. know it hasn't been that long since women have even had the right to vote in the land of the free. Uh.
0: Um, if we can take a side step for a second, I also wanted to ask you, because uh, you, you touched on something uh, really important when uh, when we were speaking offline there, uh, that you do you know, still maintain your, your foot firmly in, in the shell business aspect of your career. Uh, and I also understand you're still in demand for consulting work from, uh, from writers in New York City, is that right?
1: Yes, and I love that. You know, I mean, uh, as, as uh, vehemently as I am, or passionately as I am about uh, politics, I am equally passionate about directing and uh, video and theater and acting on camera, and I'm receiving... Um, uh, from Florida, from D.C., of course, uh, um, where I live most of the time these days, and from New York City. I have people i worked with a great deal in New York who are, uh, well, I hope I have time to say this. We had, um, I went to New York with uh, having directed a great deal in, in in D.C., small theaters, large theaters, opera, musical theaters, straight drama, Kennedy Center, um, And I went to New York expecting, you know, a band playing and flags waving and red carpet and that didn't happen. So I happened into uh, playwrights and composers who wanted their works done and that's how I launched my New York career, by mounting, accepting, consulting, and mounting productions of uh, unpublished plays and musicals. And I'm having a real renaissance, if you will, uh, people are because uh, it's been a while i i must admit i've told many people no i've got to i've got to fix dc first to get back to me well they're getting back to me finally uh, and uh or i'm at least i'm answering the phone now more and i'm being asked to consult on a couple of musicals and uh they they send the music and um and we put together a show and and uh There's someone here, as a matter of fact, great play has just been sent to me by a great writer here, and I'm also working on that with the eye that we'll put together a production, which I will direct.
0: Well, I mean, it's all great stuff, Marcello, and uh, we we kind of have to tie this up here, but uh, where can people go to learn more about your work?
1: Well, um, as of January, there will be a brand new website for Marcello Rolando, and you can uh, email me already at Marcello, M-A-R-C-E-L-L-O, at MarcelloRolando, two L's in both names, dot com. As for now, you can all email me at TheReasonableVoice.com, I'm sorry, The Voice at Gmail dot com. And of course, this uh, is our Reasonable Voice website, TheReasonableVoice dot com. And thank you.
0: And I also understand you're on Twitter too, that you've, uh, you've changed your Twitter handle recently since one of the last oh, I had you on Marcello, Marcello TRV. Is
1: that right? Uh, yes. Yes. That comes from the political guys who, uh, I have a, I have a staff of technical and political people and they uh, one of them said, you need to change your Twitter. And so I said, yes, and they did it. I can't claim credit for it, but it, it yes, you're right. You're right. And they were right.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I've been pressured to change mine too because my MRB stands from well, Railroad Broadcast, which is a platform I've been around for a while. But uh, if somebody once advised me to choose wisely <laughs> because
1: people
0: get annoyed <laughs> for the all. Yeah, yeah. Mark, my old friend, it's been a great pleasure catching up with you. Thanks a lot for the phone call. I was really surprised when you got a hold of me the other day there. And, and uh, it's always a great time catching up with you. So thanks a lot for coming back. Ab-
1: okay? Absolutely, Casey. I appreciate it. Thank you. Bye
0: now. Okay, so that, that, that's going to about do it for us for now. Uh, we're going to toggle back over and do a Skype show with Ryan Hendrick in a half an hour, and then I'm going to be back here a little bit later to talk to the Heaven and Earth Oasis. So I'm busy today. Uh, so until then, on behalf of uh, my guest, Marcella Rolano, you listen to Casey Ryan on the cover floor. We'll talk to you in half an hour. Cut, print, wrap, and I am done.